I also would like to say uh, Happy Mother's Day. It's a little bit of a gloomy day, but not in here, right? That's right. Praise God. Happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> Hope everybody's doing something fun for their mother. Make sure you call your mother if she's not here. Um, <clears throat> let's pray together. We're going to be in Acts 2 today. We're going to talk about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, it's been such a beautiful worship. It's so great to hear the voices of your people coming together in spirit and truth and, and raising you up. Lord, you are so glorious. You're so magnificent. You're so loving and compassionate. Thank you so much for uh, what happened on Pentecost. <clears throat> Thank you that we get to talk about it today. It's such an exciting passage. So Holy Spirit, come and be present with us. Speak to our hearts. I'm anxious and curious and expecting to see what you're going to do. I pray that you would be with me, Lord. Meet me in any of my weaknesses. In my I pray that you would be strong in my weaknesses. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, because you are my rock and you are my redeemer. Be glorified in this sermon. Speak to each heart, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so grab your Bible <clears throat> or your Bible app and turn to Acts 2. Actually, Pentecost, the official celebration is next week. We had it kind of lined up that way, and then we remembered that we have Youth Sunday next week. So we're going to do uh, Pentecost uh, a week early. Acts 2, I'm going to be reading through verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty, mighty rushing wind. <clears throat> and it filled the entire house where they were seating, seating. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation from heaven and under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, and Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others said, They are filled with new wine. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> so today we are talking, as I said, about the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost, also called the Festival of Weeks, is the second of the annual harvest festival celebrated by Israel, along with the Feast of first roots. During these festivals, Jews from all over the world would come to Jerusalem. So all the nations of the known world were cr currently present 
in Jerusalem. Specifically at the time when Jesus promises that he would send his Holy Spirit. This is a key point that we will talk about later in the sermon. Each of the festivals in the Old Testament, each one point either to Jesus or to the work of the Holy Spirit. So, for example, Passover points to Jesus' crucifixion, his death, his sacrifice as the Passover lamb. The Feast of First Fruits points to Jesus as the first fruits of the resurrection. In Acts, the festival of Pentecost points to the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament festivals. The Holy Spirit, God's personal life presence, the third person of the Trinity. And God's presence during this day comes from heaven with a mighty sound of rushing wind. The Spirit of God is often compared to the wind, invisible, going wherever he will. But on this day, the invisible becomes visible as these, what looked like tongues of fire, come and rest upon the apostles and the people who are with them. Fire. Fire. It represents, throughout Scripture, the presence of God. Think about God appearing to Moses in the burning bush. Think about the pillar of fire that led Israel in the wilderness. Fire represents the very presence of God. And now the presence of God is among the apostles, along with Mother Mary, the brothers of Jesus, the people who are with the apostles. This fiery presence of God, like tongues, divide and rests on each one of these people. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit. I had a teacher in college. I went to Grove City College. I had a teacher. His name was Greg Beal. I think he teaches at Westminster now. Is that correct, Seth? All right, he's at Westminster. So we had this teacher, Greg Beal, and he said, you will never understand the New Testament unless you first understand the Old Testament. History matters. Ben Guy, can I get an amen from you? History matters, right? All right. Acts 2 is the fulfillment of so many Old Testament promises, so many Old Testament scriptures. Like, for example, Haggai chapter 2. Let me give you a summary of the book of Haggai in about two or three minutes. Because of the sinfulness of God's southern kingdom, Judah, Jerusalem was destroyed by the kingdom of Babylon, and God's people were taken into captivity. This was clearly predicted by God's own prophets, But they also preached a message of hope. They told of the day when God would bring back a transformed remnant of his people to New Jerusalem, where God would be in their midst. And then, roughly 70 years later, Babylon was destroyed by the kingdom of Persia, and the king of Persia allowed his people, many of of the people of God, to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city, to rebuild the walls, rebuild the temple. So the people go back. The people quickly lose interest in the building of the temple and they start putting their efforts into building their own fancy houses. This would be, for us, like Tim Wanasalia coming up here and saying, we need volunteers. And then on volunteer days when we have to rip out these pews, 
none of us show up. Instead, we're mowing our own lawns. Instead, we're working on our own home projects. Now, I'm praying that doesn't happen, Tim. But if it does, he would have a right to be upset, would he not? Well, God was upset by a very similar thing. And the prophet Haggai preaches against this wickedness with the words in chapter 1, verse 4. You say, this is not the right time to build a temple for me. But is it right for you to live in expensive houses while my temple is a pile of ruins? These words of God convict the people of their sin, and they turn once again their attention to the building of the temple. That's chapter 1. Chapter 2, and Haggai has to deal with the shattered expectations that exist among the people. The main problem is that the fact that this new temple that they're building is a smaller, less impressive version of the temple that King Solomon built. So Haggai reminds the people of the great prophetic promises of the future kingdom that would come and about the future temple that he would build. He preaches about the new Jerusalem, that this would be a place where he redeems the whole world, where all nations would come to participate in God's kingdom. Verses 5 through 9 of chapter 2 says this, My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For, for thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake the nations so that all treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. History matters. What Haggai talks about is finally fulfilled in the book of Acts, chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes down with these tongues of fire upon his people. He arrives in his new temple, not a building, but the newly formed church of Jesus Christ, with the apostles as the foundation. This is the new Pentecost. This is the new harvest feast. The harvest of the nations. The Holy Spirit comes upon his people and something miraculous happens. They start speaking in other tongues. In the New Testament, tongue can mean physical tongue, but often it means languages. So they were speaking in other languages miraculously. The miracle of Pentecost is that the apostles, along with all the other people, were speaking a language they did not know. And the people recognized it. They said, they're Galileans. How are they speaking in our, our language? But once the Spirit came upon them, they started praising God and shouting about his mighty works in all these foreign languages of the nations. And remember, all the nations, all the Jews from all over the nations and proselytes were coming to Jerusalem for this festival. All the nations were gathered by God so that he may harvest them, that he may show forth his power and his might. The harvest, the fest, the harvest of Pentecost, the festival of weeks. Let me pause for a moment right here. Um, 
I want to share with you just one of the main things I learned in seminary. It took me a while to learn it. I give it to you for free. It took me some money to learn it. I give it to you for free. What I learned is from my professors that Pentecost is primarily a redemptive historical event and not a personal one. Redemptive historical. That sounds really fancy to me, so let's break that down. What is redemptive historical? Well, the redemption is the buying back of God's people through his death and resurrection. So redemptive history is how God saves all of his people throughout all of history. History matters. Amen, Ben? I'm, I'm waiting for the amen. All right, there we go. That's, I learned, my brother loves history. So do I. Notice that I said that Pentecost is primarily a redemptive historical event and not personal, meaning how the Spirit comes to me individually. Primarily, it's a key word. The danger we all face is that we approach God, we approach his word, we approach his church selfishly in our flesh. We approach out of the spirit of what can I get out of it? What does this mean to me? That's important, but it's not foundationally important. It's not primarily important. When we read God's word, if we come to church to worship, we must not start with ourselves. We must start with what is God revealing about himself? We must start with how can I praise God. We must start with God, his glory, and his praise. Then, and, th and only then, can we take up, what does this mean for me? We start with God, and then we go to ourselves. That is always the proper order. Now, let me speak to the youth for just a second. I'll call my brother. Seth, what's currently trending among the youth? Kanye. Oh, I knew you were going to say Kanye. I knew you were going to say Kanye. Childish Gambino, all right? If you don't know, if you're an old head like me, you have to talk to some of the youth. This will give you a good opportunity. Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. He was actually in the Inquirer today, and he came out with a new song, This Is America, came out with a new video, and it's uh, challenging a lot of our perceptions. It's a great video. Saw it. Uh, Seth shared it for the, with the staff this week. Childish Gambito, that's what's trending. That's what's among the youth right now. That's what they're talking about. And I think that's okay. I think it's excited. It's okay to get excited about people who are musicians. Donald Glover is everything. He's a musician. He's an actor. There's nothing he can't do. It's okay to be excited about that. But start with God. What is God trying to reveal through this video, through these? What is he trying to do? What is what I want you to start with before you even get the childish Gambino is what's trending among new life? What's trending with God right now? Hashtag history matters. Hashtag New temple, hashtag Holy Spirit, hashtag a family of nations. 
which includes all these great works of all these musicians. It can include that. It must include those kind of discussions. Primarily, though, we start with God, and then we get to that place of the things that are important to us. Make sense? So let's start with God by going to Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel. Before this time in history, there was one language among all the peoples of the earth. But people in their sin, they became arrogant. They started building a city and a tower that reached all the way into the heavens. And they said, let us build a city and a tower, and let's make a name for ourselves. Since God did not want one unified people dwelling in their sinful arrogance, he confused their language. And he dispersed these people throughout all the earth. That city was called Babel. A city full of sin and arrogance. Pentecost is the reversal of that curse. It is a uniting of the people, of the nations. It is a uniting of the language. It is the beginning of the New Jerusalem. A new city of many nations, many languages, where people can speak and understand each other to the glory of God. It is the grace of God on full display. Again, Pentecost is a harvest celebration, but instead of, ce- of celebrating the harvest of barley or the harvest of wheat, God's people are celebrating the harvest of the nations. The people of the world, once divided, are now beginning to unite under the work of the Holy Spirit. And God is in their midst. His presence is in the new temple, his church. Just as it is today. His presence with us. Now let's look at that list of nations and cities again, regions. There were Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and all parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. During this time, there were two major empires, the Roman Empire and the Parthian Empire. And the list that I just read again represents cities and regions and countries throughout both of those empires. In other words, the known world at that time. And God brought them all back to Jerusalem to do his mighty work at Pentecost. It it had to be a glorious scene. It had to be glorious. And God says, I am in your midst, redeeming you, loving you, saving all the nations of the world, as he promised so long ago to our spiritual father, Abraham. History matters. It's important. So, we started with God, but now it is time to get a little personal. It's time, what does this all mean for us? What does this mean for me? The scripture says, devout men from every nation under heaven, when they heard the mighty acts of God being proclaimed in their own tongue, they were amazed and astonished, perplexed and bewildered. When's the last time you were bewildered by something that God did? I can say today, today, for me, today, but I'm also astonished at the work that he is doing. So now it's time for our own little Pentecost, okay? Our own celebration. 
So worship team, come on up. You got to help me. I have my tambourine. This tambourine was blessed at Pam Bryan's 60th birthday party. So it's full of the Holy Spirit. I asked Pam to bring her tambourine. The Holy Spirit started in Jerusalem with the apostles who were from Galilee, which is in the Middle East, which is from the continent of Asia. So if you're here today and your ancestors are from Asia, I'm going to ask you to stand. Anyone from Asia? All right. Stay standing. That's it. Yes. This should be... Let's... I don't know. That doesn't feel pan- like Pentecost to me. <laughs> Let's hear it for the mighty work of God in Asia. And let these folks hear. Amen. Keep standing. It's going to get better. Better and better. Present at Pentecost were people from Libya and Egypt, which is in the continent of Africa. If your ancestors are from the continent of Africa, let's have you stand up. Let's give God some glory from the continent of Africa. All right, so that's two. Two of the continents. Is there anybody here from Antarctica? No, I didn't think so. How about from Australia? I wish Kaz Crossman was here today. All right, I didn't think so. How, how about South America and Latin America? Are you in the house? South America. Let- Jose, that was a little slow, brother. All right. Where's it? Let's get some drums. Let's get some drums, man. All right. If you're here... And you have somebody in your ancestry, if you have a Native American ancestry, would you stand up? That would be North America. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. And finally, at Pentecost, there were visitors from Rome, which is Italy, from the continent of Europe. Europe. Your ancestors are from Europe. That's the last continent, so that should be the rest of us. <laughs> Hallelujah. song that we have? Okay. Hold on. I'm not quite done. People of God, are you amazed and astonished at the harvest of the nations? What began at Pentecost on that day made its way to every single continent. It made its way to us. The good news of the gospel made its way all the way to us. To our history. History matters. Our history matters. Our family history matters. So praise God. Don't miss the miracle of Pentecost. Only the Holy Spirit could have brought together this family of nations. So let's rejoice in what he has done. Let's thank him for that Pentecost. Let's thank him for this Pentecost and all the great work that he has done.